On this episode of Collective Conversations, we hear from different staff members on what has stood out to them the most from the Christmas story that we find in Scripture. Some will share certain people that you read about, others just certain events, but regardless, get a deeper insight into how the biblical story has impacted the life of your staff. Enjoy the conversation. This is Chris. Um, I think when I think of the Christmas story, um, I, there are two two aspects of it I think stand out. Um, I think there's there's a character um, that I relate to the most. I think, but then I think there's also a character that I wish I related to more, or that maybe I want to relate to. But the character I think I feel like I relate to um, will probably be the shepherds. Um, if you read through in Luke, in Luke two, it talks about, you know, the angel appearing before the shepherds and they're afraid they're freaked out. But then the angel tells them, Here, here's what you're going to see. Here's where you go. Here's what you're going to see. And I think a lot of times I, I find myself living life in a sense where I want everything laid out before I go. Right. And so I think for the shepherds, the, the initial thought for them was fear when the angel appeared, but then once they kind of heard the plan and they knew what they were going to find and they knew where they were going to find it and they knew really how, how it was going to turn out, that gave them, I think, the confidence to, to do that. And I think I relate, I relate to that sometimes in how, in how I live my life, um, which is not always great. Um, I wish I was a little less like that. But the other side of that being, Joseph, I think, had a lot of different um, moments throughout the story that maybe we don't necessarily read in detail about in scripture where he had some tough decisions to make where he could have gone left or right where this is the easy way out this is the tough road this is you know and, and a lot of these back and forth but always seem to have the faith the courage whatever to take that step to be in the center of God's will and what was to unfold in that story um, and sometimes I find myself wishing I could be more like Joseph in that sense of, I, I, I want to trust more, you know, I want to, I want to have that, that faith and that confidence at that level to just be like, okay, everything about this is backwards. Everything about this is, is upside down. It doesn't make sense, but, but I'm still trusting and, and, and it's going to be okay. Hey, this is Adam. Part of the Christmas story that is, it never ceases to to amaze me and I think of from time to time is just when I think about Jesus and who he is and him being part of the Trinity, being God, being born. Like anytime I take a second to think about that, I just kind of sit in awe that the whole story of scripture, everything that God did was in that manger in a person. That never ceases to amaze me. And when I look at who God is, he laid in a manger. And then when you look at why, it's insane. And I had a, I had a, a, a pastor when I was a freshman in college who said that the beginning of the gospel happened there. And I was like, man, that's like the, the fulfillment of everything that was promised and the beginning of everything that would be 
my salvation like laid in a manger. And that never ceases to, to amaze me. Hey, it's Morgan. Mine's one that we talk about all the times of looking at Mary and um, that first interaction that she had with the angel and her response to it. For me, this year has just, I think I've, I've resonated with it in many ways. Typical thing that we talk about, anytime somebody encounters an angel, there's usually like they're struck with fear. And Mary is this, kind of the same way. Um, but instead of just still like staying within that, that, that mindset, she's able to respond to, to the angel. She's able to ask a very important question like, okay, I, get, I hear what you're saying, but and how? How is this going to happen? And he, he gives that explanation at the end, and she just says, I am your servant. So, you know, kind of just sets her yes. For me, not only am I thinking it's her yes, but I can imagine if she has the right of mind to be able to ask, okay, well, how is this going to happen? She's probably already thinking about all the things that could happen after the angel leaves. Like, okay, I'm gonna be outcast. I am, how am I gonna, my my betrothed, I'm gonna get dumped, basically. Um, my family, um, pretty much they're gonna be gone. All these things by saying yes are going to happen. And so if these things are going to happen, her yes is also saying, God, you are enough. I'm gonna lose everything, but I'm still gonna do it because I know that you're enough. She doesn't know in that moment that God is going to provide for her. She doesn't know that immediately she's going to have affirmation by seeking her her uh, her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth sees her and immediately she's like, you carry the Messiah, you know? She doesn't know that the angel's going to appear before Joseph and say, hey, guess what? Mary's saying, is telling you the truth and you should call him, call him Jesus. She doesn't know the ways in which God is going to provide for her and still keep her family intact, so to speak. Um, she doesn't know that, and still she says yes. She's saying, yes, God, you're enough for me. And I just know in my stage of life, um, where I'm at, there's a lot of things that like I want to happen. I want to, um, there's a lot of unknowns for me or possibilities that I think could happen. And so here in this moment, like from, I know, like I have to have that mindset. Do I have that mindset of Mary and saying, even if those things do not happen, I'm okay because God, you're enough. Jesus, you're enough. And so that's just really resonated with me and trusting that when I say that, I know that he's also going to provide in a way, but saying it even if he doesn't provide the way that I want him to. Hey, it's Kara Ann. So this Advent, uh, I've been reading just a lot in the book of Isaiah, and I've been so just fascinated and intrigued with just the, the that prophecy and really intrigued with the parallels between light and darkness. And when he prophesies at the beginning of Isaiah chapter 9, and he says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And then he says, the people who were in deep darkness, the next line down, the people in deep darkness, light has dawned. Um, and just that parallel to in John when Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world, or at the beginning when he says that light has come in him was 
life and that life was the light of all mankind. That just has, for some reason, this year, I don't know why, but in 2023, that has just like hit me in a different way. Reading that in Isaiah and reading that he is the Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. I've always loved that scripture, but for some reason, reading reading Isaiah and even different chapters where he's talking about who Jesus is and will be for those people, and then reading it parallel to the Christmas story and while we're in Advent has just man, hit me in a different way, wrecked me at times. We've been reading just different parts of Isaiah as uh, before we begin rehearsal. I've been just beginning that this Advent season, reading some of that because it's just really messed with me a little bit and been really, I don't know, encouraging, healing. Something about it is just hitting me this year in a different way. This is Pastor Tanner. As I think about the Christmas story, the person I feel that got the raw end of the deal is the innkeeper. He's always, he's always seen as a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. He, it wasn't his fault. His inn was full. Well, it, if full was full, he, he had to send them away. What choice does he have? As I think about it, he's the loser. Just think, if that had been room in his inn, every single kid's Christmas program would have featured his inn and not a manger. He, 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 he had the most famous inn of all time. But the thing that bothers me about him, that always kind of struck me, Am I too busy? Am I have I focused on everything that's important to me and Jesus slips by? Is there a chance that if Satan can't make you fall into great sin, does he just make you so busy? This wasn't a bad guy, but he was just overwhelmed by what he already had. Can life overwhelm me where Jesus passes by? One of the things that I love about the Christmas story are there are so many sub stories out of it all miraculous it's all these miracles upon miracle after miracle you know from the angels talking to elizabeth and talking to mary and that joseph didn't have mary stoned and and that the the magi are traveling and the shepherds here and the baby born in a cave in the manger and and it's just miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and i think what sticks with me is the passage in Matthew 19 when it basically says with man not everything is possible but with God all things are possible and this time of see this year for us it is a reminder that God's just not limited to what we can dream or think Uh, with God all things are possible and I think that's the what really kind of Uh, rejuvenates me at times when I'm feeling like, you know, God, do you see what's going on? I mean, are you, are you fully aware Mm -hmm. of the chaos around us? And when you, when you read that passage, there is, I I think it's just, it's a huge passage of hope as we walk through, um, even as Carrie Ann talked about the darkness and, and the unknown, uh, that Morgan talked about, it is this, all things are possible. And we just need to breathe. And I think that's a good thing to know.